0: Hey everybody, today I have a Hall of Fame throwback episode when I sat down with the Pro Football Hall of Famer Champ Bailey and the Social Media Hall of Famer Gary V. And Scott Tyndall and I, we talked about what it takes to be a great teammate and also discussed the traits that make a great leader, whether you're on or off the field. You definitely don't want to miss this one. This is Entrepreneurs The
1: Playbook. Really, today we just want to talk about like what are the universal and transferable traits of being a great leader and a great teammate? Champ and I were talking outside I said, look, I can never learn how to be a Hall of Fame football player from you, but I can learn how to be a Hall of Fame teammate from you. You know, All and right. so really, you know, that's what we want to talk about today. And you know, we start by focusing on I'm gratitude. Sorry, like,
2: so, I guess I'm so used to being the host. <laughs> Go, take so, it, Gary. I just am so interested. I'm, and I feel like I wasn't going to remember, so I had to jump in. I love that, like, I get razzed so much on the internet for interrupting, but sometimes <laughs> you just can't help it. Champ, on some real shit, do you feel like you were a great teammate always? On some yes. real stuff, I'm really curious. Absolutely. I don't know either way. I have no clue.
3: Yeah, I, I, I would be so surprised to hear anybody say different. And o- just, it was
2: always in you, or something happened early, or just your uh, DNA, like DNA.
3: I yeah, believe. Just I mean, are. because I grew up with two brothers, we were very close in age, and one thing I learned about being in the house with them is we had to share. You know, we had to make sure we took care of each other. You know, we had to. Make sure one was doing something right in order to get everything right you know so it was it was always leaning on each other playing off each other supporting each other i mean that's that's the way i learned
2: i understand sorry
1: no that's great you're you're better at this than i am um but i think the thing that all of us have in common and that you know the thing that impresses me about what each of you do is you all talk about gratitude right is the foundational piece and that's one of the things i've learned from dave and Gary, you're talking about it all the time. Chant I stole it too. from Gary, by the way. That,
0: that's what all the trolls say. <laughs>
1: well, it's a good place to steal gratitude yeah, from, I yeah. guess, right? Everybody else steal it from it as well. From my mom, so Yeah, it. steal it from it's Gary if you can.
2: <laughs> Everything I have is my mom and dad's. So. Uh,
1: what is it that helps y'all focus on that and, you know, get back to center or find that gratitude, you know, every day?
2: I actually go with gratitude, guilt, and scaring myself. So I've been thinking a lot lately about my mindset and, like, what is all this attention coming from? Like, why is it resonating? You know, I had this pretty unique situation at an airport where, like, the four people that came up to me at my gate couldn't be more different: eighty-two-year-old conservative white dude, nineteen-year-old <laughs> swaggy black boy, like, yeah. you know, like Latino, and a and a Samoan woman. And I was just like looking at it, and somebody said something to me, which really made me click, because I've gotten so used to cross-pollinating. She, some other woman, she's like who are you and why do such different people like you? And I was like, man, I was like, cause this is, cause there's something in the way that I communicate and, and it's really funny. Lately also, a lot of people have been telling me how much they didn't like me at first or they had to dig a little bit deeper. And I actually truly believe what I'm about to say. I do know that there's some, especially alpha, both male and women who like me up front and some of that no bullshit thing, but a lot, I mean, I, I'm not convinced that my communication style is doing me any favors. I think it turns off as many people as it turns on. I just think what I'm saying is super right. Yeah. And, and so in that, this very long-winded setup, but I was trying to get everybody to understand why lately, and this ridiculously long trip to Australia and back, a lot of plane time, mm. literally just now, I was like, wow, this is one big mix of gratitude, guilt, And the ability to scare myself, and let me explain the last part. Today I came back to the office after being away for two weeks, which is very unusual for me, which means I had an enormous amount of headaches on my plate, and no matter how bad anything is, I always go to a place of, well, what if my mom got killed? Like, what if right now, I got a phone call from a hysterical sister saying mom's dead, she was murdered, right? And for some reason, I do that 55 times a year. Sometimes it's my mom, sometimes it's my kids and my wife driving and get hit by, but this unbelievable ability to actually feel enormous, life-changing, deep, painful pain that just in seconds puts everything in such basic perspective yeah. that, I, I don't know, there's nothing else. You know, I, I basically, you know, looking at you champ, I just thought, huh, if I was an athlete, I'd probably in a smaller way, but in big and that way, cause I don't have this fear in business. The great thing of business over sports is I probably would have thought career ending injury. Like I probably think that you know, <laughs> give up a touchdown <laughs> to some Bobo wide receiver nice. that nice. should have never caught it on me. Truly upset, <laughs> career ending injury. Get a contract dispute and demand, tra- like not in a good spot, yeah. want to get out of there what if I had a Joe Theismann like injury? Like I would probably have been the king of what if I had a Joe Theismann injury?
1: No, uh, that's I, it, that's I'm, what
2: I do every day.
0: I'm like in shock because we are so similar in so many ways and this is where like we're completely different. Right. Like, I think fear is the most appreciating, energetic thing you can do it allows you to focus, which is I think what Gary does is uses fear to focus on the truth, the gratitude perspective. Helps move perspective. Yeah, because it know, focuses on what's real. To your real, point, I hate selling I do fear,
2: but fear is ironically, along with gratitude, the other balance to just, I desperately wish people could put things into perspective. It's my number one thing that's happening in America right now. I keep telling a lot of my friends like look, shit is bad because this is a deeply racist country. Let's just like make it very simple. It's a DNA of the country. You know, coming from Eastern Europe where anti-Semitism is deeply in the DNA, like Jews go to jail, like both of my grandfathers, it's very easy for me to see it in America. It is what it is. However, for as shitty as it is, let's take a step back and put things in perspective. Let's understand women, for example, this blew me away. This crushed me and put chills down my spine. I think it was when I was watching Ruth Bader Ginsburg's documentary, I think as of recent, as 1970, and this is where it gets hazy, I'm gonna go with five, the year I was born, but I don't think that's right, 73, 77. It was, almost, it was legal for husbands to rape their wives in most of the states in America. Like, you know, I think sometimes we just forget how much advancement and put things in perspective. And it was funny, the way that got kicked in was an elderly uh, African-American woman saw me, her grandson saw me at an event, and she said, she came up to me, she's like, I didn't know who you were until yesterday, and he dragged me to this book signing. She's like, (laughs) keep telling him what you're telling him. She's like, I wish some of these people knew what I grew up with. Right. She was basically, you know, and I think, Perspective, man.
0: But I right. use—I don't use fear, right? I use love. I mean, yeah. it's a different perspective, but I meditate. I find this place of peace. And so if I'm in an ego-based consciousness, which is fear-based consciousness, I literally do the exact opposite, right? I go back to center to give myself perspective, which allows me to then be accountable, take control of what I'm doing. Which is really what you want to do, right? Be accountable. Say, look, I attracted this to myself. What am I going to learn from it? And I put myself in the exact same perspective, which is why we're so similar. And I do it out of like this really powerful light instead of a fear that w- would usually focus me. And I, I would wake up anxious, like for years and years and years. And then I just learned this different way that kept me at peace.
3: Yeah.
0: You know, and I mean, I know you, I, I press this guy when he talked teamwork to me. When we first met, I pressed him because I thought he was just giving me the line that they taught him to well, say. I, I wouldn't you know, it's all that. about the team. This guy lives teamwork and you live gratitude.
3: Well, like I said, I started out by talking about my brothers. So, yeah, that makes so much I sense mean, to me, by the way. It, it, I mean, it's ingrained in me. So, so it was only natural for me to do it. And I, I was raised in football. So it's the ultimate team sport. You got 11 guys on the field. You can't do anything without those other 10. There's nothing, You can have one great player, but he won't change the game. As
2: a Hall you know? of Fame corner... When you had a ridiculously good pass rush, ironically, you were even a better corner. <laughs> absolutely. Than I mean, it just is absolutely. what it is. And I
3: played with two of the best pass rushers to ever played the game. Bruce Smith, Vaughn Miller. I mean, two of the best to ever play the game. And I owe them a, I mean, I can remember a couple picks I got because Vaughn got 100%. to the quarterback. 100%. Bruce Smith got to the quarterback. Even you know? before
2: the game started. Oh, absolutely. That quarterback's got so much thought going into Vaughn destroying his face. I mean, that 100%. fear. I mean, once that, that And settles, all you need is that hundredth oh of a God. second.
3: Yeah, that's it. Just a little bit. Just and they always give me, give me two more seconds. Give me another second. Split second. It was Dumerville. By the way, another it, great this
2: is absolutely why I love football. Like, there's, you know what's so funny? I love extremes. And, you know, back to love and fear. Yeah, yeah. I love contradictions, right? Clouds and dirt. My whole K Swiss collaborations. That's what I do. Clouds and dirt. It's why I love my two favorite sports are boxing and football. And what's interesting about them is they couldn't be more different. Football is truly the team sport, boxing is truly the nobody else is to blame. <laughs> like accountability right. at an uncomfortable level. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah, toe to toe as well. How does gratitude though play into teamwork for you?
3: Well, for one, I mean, I, I think when you, you think about all the people that play a role, I mean, it's not just coaches and players. How do we get to the destination where we're going to play, you know, another city. So who set that all up? Who made that transition smooth? So obviously I think starting at the top, you got to have a great leader. And then what trickles down is how grateful is he to the bottom feeder? <laughs> and You, you know had one of
0: the best owners and one of the worst owners. Oh, yeah. I, you can't <laughs> say it, but I can. <laughs> You know, and that's what's and both, funny. Both were my friends. But I've, <laughs> I've seen it
3: both ways. You've seen an owner that gives all the credit to the bottom guys, and you've seen an owner that takes all the credit to himself. You yeah. know, and I don't think and one that has guy, a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, and one (laughs) has none. One has three, actually, and one has none. So, I mean, just learning from that leadership, that's what I learned about gratitude. Like, man, it's not just about me. I gotta thank these people that are not getting the camera time or whatever it is.
2: You know what's crazy about gratitude? It's actually how to think about life completely. Like, to your point, and that's such an incredible thing to, you know, I'm sure for all the people that, you know, worked at Denver, Washington during your time, like like, I'm just thinking right now if the serendipity of life leads to a person right now who's an who's an intern at Denver who now is doing whatever they're doing with their lives all these years later. Hearing that, that must have felt so nice that a star player actually gave the thought to saying like, "Yo, like somebody had to make sure that all our luggage was there, or like, you know, like checked on the weather before the flight went." Like, really, stuff. It's actually really interesting how you. It's the first time I've ever thought about serendipity and gratitude as cousins. So I'm sitting here. I'm so happy because I know how great life. You know what I love, by the way? Because I'm just bouncing. You know what's <laughs> awesome about New York City? Hold when, on. A <laughs> when I walk in New York City, this always runs through my mind. It's a grid. And I have 800,000. Like, I always feel like I'm funny. Like, I don't walk the same way ever. Like, if I have to go somewhere, I'm always doing different shit. Like, going three avenues, then two streets that like I'm, I don't know why it's probably my entrepreneurial chaotic way, whereas like my, my dad walks the same exact way every time. And I every time I do it, if I run into a stranger, a friend or something, I'm always like, that's so cool. It's so fucking cool that I could have went one more avenue and then took it. And like basically I think we're completely not in control of anything, which kind of weirdly makes me feel in control of everything.
3: That's right on. <laughs> Do you understand? I get exactly what you're saying. And that's where you
2: were going, which is yeah. like, like, it's crazy. Like, actually, you know what this makes me think of in sports, and this is something I want to ask the room, because there's a fuckload of people here, by the way. These, you know, if anybody you're listening popular, home, this, uh, this entourage, I'm very impressed with these three. What's the story about the NBA finals with the Cavs and the Warriors the first time, where the Cavs were up two one, right, and and there was some junior, you know, or minor assistant who saw something in film and they switched out Andre Iguadala and somebody, and maybe Harrison, but I don't remember the whole story, but I'm sure somebody who's listening, so hit me up on yes. Twitter. I'm looking at all the faces and I'm, I appreciate that nobody's just jumping in and saying they do know, but I do remember very firmly that Something happened in that series. It's, and this is what I love about sports and how I think about life, which is why I think all 50, 60, 70 year olds need to wake up and realize it's the third quarter yeah. and, or, or halftime and they got a long way to go. You know, This is the NBA finals. There's a lot of film on LeBron at this mm-hmm. point. He's in his fucking 10th or 12th year at this point. And still, yet, somebody was able to, part of the team, watch film come up with a hypothesis. Kudos back to good culture. Yeah. Coach Kerr has to say yes. A lot mm-hmm. of coaches don't right. have that humility. Yeah. But that's why they won the NBA championship. Like yeah. they're, like, now, maybe they still would've, but it was a grinding series, 2-1 Cavs, I think, but I could be remembering it wrong. Or 2-2, I don't remember. But then they took the rest of the series pretty easily.
3: And I think that carried over into the next season. Yeah, the next, I, I agree. Yeah, the next, I agree. next finals after that. I just that. feel like it's interesting that
2: that coach, Season insight, they make a, a switch, and it changes everything. And I think about that shit all the time. Yeah,
3: I mean it takes a lot of guts to make a call like that, because you gotta imagine, you've done it this way, this way all year, this is what got you here. Now you gotta make a switch like that?
2: And just to be super <laughs> nerdy, to go like all the way here, as an uncomfortably big Jets fan who's watched every snap since 1982, let me say this, because I just want somebody to go on Twitter and talk to me about this, their <laughs> insight on this. <laughs> The Jets' good run, you know, I always was, I think Mark Sanchez is a good dude and I have a lot of love for him, but like I was always struggling with his play, thought it was disguised by the number one running team in the NFL, the number one defense, but I've never said this publicly, and this is where a hardcore Jets fan's gonna know if they really think, those Jet teams that had like a good run there between, really from Herm to Mangini to Rex, where they kinda made the playoffs every other year, which was fun for a while, especially in Jets history, they're completely, if you look at those teams, the amount of wins they put on the board because of special teams, because of Mike Westhoff, who's one of the best special teams coaches of all time, because of guys like Brad Smith and Leon Washington, Brad Smith and Leon Washington directly put Ws on the board for, in seasons where they made the wild card, nine and seven, flat out games they won, Brad Smith running it back against Pittsburgh, like like Jonathan Carter to run like yeah. the amount of run back touchdowns the Jets had during that era. They just yeah. won so many games because of special teams.
3: That's why it's such the ultimate team sport. Like nobody's thinking about Leon Washington, Nobody. right? Nobody.
2: Brad I, Smith. I am.
3: Nobody's thinking about <laughs> Brad Smith. Everybody almost... thinks he's played in Buffalo and that's it. You know. <laughs> so you know it goes back to it. You can't do anything by yourself in football. Sanchez, like you said, they ran the football. They played great defense. But who do you remember, Sanchez? Being the of course, quarterback. But even, and to his credit—he put up.
2: Good, he, his, he left his he best games in those playoff games. Fine, and I have a lot of love for that. But like, it's real. Football's fascinating. Yeah. Well,
0: even in sports business, though, you know, sports agentry. I see all these agents trying to buddy up to you when you're playing. And I said, dude, if you want to be an agent, go talk to the equipment manager. Right, treat him with gratitude, and I was like, "Why would you do that?" I said, "Because that guy will be there for thirty years. They never fire the equipment manager. If you want an inside to the team, he's the one talking to the players. And if they don't have what they need, if he says he could get in their ear and be in the sphere of influence, and he's never get, presidents will leave, GMS, even owners will switch. They'll keep the equipment manager. That's and but yet, I learned that because Lee, when I was working with him, he's like. Man, you're always just talking to anybody, Dave. You're so nice. You know, you should be hammering a champ and get him to sign with us. I'm like, no, man, be kind to your future self. This guy is going to make a difference.
2: That's become extremely uh, accentuated in our new society one of the things, I was always a nice person. Back to like when you said, you notice I was like, is that your DNA? You're yeah. like, yeah, and then you said the brothers thing. And then it was a wrap for me. Yeah. Like natural DNA and environment, that's the punchline. This yeah. Freud figured this shit out a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not compl- I don't know why people are still debating out here. Yeah. Like it's super simple. Well, to that same point, you know, I was always a good guy. I had kindness in my soul. But the fact that now everybody has a voice and everyone's watching everything. Mm-hmm like like it's so fun and people know too like i watch people who hear this podcast hear dave say this have dark hearts and then go start doing it cuz it's a tactic and me <laughs> watching somebody go into a room and saying what's up hello who who does it the way i do it cuz it's just in them yeah just in them just like like for me liking people turned out to be a good thing with the advent of social media right you know yeah. but like and then seeing the person who's doing it where you and your soul can feel it's a tactic yeah, and they give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. I love watching that shit.
1: <laughs> so that brings me to a question though about that. So if you've got somebody that's not the best teammate now, but they wanna be a better teammate, right? Maybe they're, they're working on that. What's a tip on like, all right, start today. Like start right now. Here's how you can start to be a better boss. You can be a better leader for your team. You can be a better teammate. You can show gratitude to the either the equipment manager or the secretary at your office or, you know, like something practical and that they can do. Because, you know, we don't believe that you have that dark heart forever. If you want to change, you can change. But what would you tell them to do to, to get started on that?
0: For me, I don't tell people what to do, right? Yeah. I may make suggestions or illustrate something by saying, you know, in that situation, like someone told me the other day, I, I came in late and I said, you know, I'm sorry for being late. Thank you for waiting. He said, whoa, whoa, you shouldn't do that. And initially, my energy was, What do you mean? I shouldn't do that. Instead, they said, Right, you know what I do? I come in and I say, Thank you for your patience. It has a better energy than yeah. saying, Sorry, I'm late. It's, it's a better position. And my, but I could feel my ego initially, like, What do you mean? I, was, I had to be the need to be right. You know what's so funny? And she taught me what to do.
2: <laughs> you know what's funny? That has become the number one thing that I am struggling with dealing with in the world. When I used to be late 15 years ago, It was very easy for me to apologize or say thank I didn't think that way either. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which I think is better and I'll start taking (laughs) on on it. She taught me too through you. But it didn't feel heavy. Now it kills me because I'm sitting there saying, Fuck. This person thinks that I think that I'm more important than them. Your time kills me. Yeah. Me too. Like it fucking kills me. Like it is like the level it's easily the thing I'm most anxious about in the world today, being late for stuff, I'm running so hard, Mm, I have no gaps in my, yeah, you know, like, I was running up here for you guys, and it was the fucking three people part of this fucking posse. (laughs) Your three homies downstairs that took selfies. They're like, can we get pictures? I'm like, fuck, I gotta go. And they're like, we're we're with Dave. I'm like, all right, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's become a huge <laughs> issue for me. Uh, yeah. And I'm glad to catch that tidbit because I'll start using it.
3: Yeah, that's a little bit of accountability there. I think uh, if you're listening, man, you just, I think to be a good teammate, you got to listen. Understand what it takes to What's the goal. best
2: talk you ever had with a teammate that worked out? Great like, question. if you sat, sat right now and thought about whether it's... That I wh- gave them? Yep, or? and b- whether it was or hard, just, okay. whether it was soft, whether it was just like a... Wink, like if right now, putting your, I'm gonna let you think a little bit, I'm gonna keep going, because I really, I'm just very fascinated. <laughs> okay. if, if I had to say right now, for you, you're like fuck, because maybe he came up to you later on, mm-hmm. or maybe never, but you just watched him from afar for years to come, and you're like fuck. Like, is there a singular moment where like, just for a fun story, as an example of,
3: well, uh, I mean, I'm seeing something play out now. I think about all the times Chris Harris Jr., okay, he's still playing with the Broncos as a, at a Pro Bowl level. And I just think about all the little meetings we had, all the time we were on the That's field right. together. And when he came as a rookie free agent, you talk about a dog. Like, he, <laughs> he didn't give a damn what anybody thought about how he practiced. All he cared about was producing. And I love that. And I gravitated towards that because –
2: all he, he cared scrapping. about was working. Put, he was, was, working. Yeah. He, was he,
3: he was hungry, had a chip on his shoulder, and I still see that to this day. So it's like, damn, this guy never lost lost his fire. And I remember thinking early on, man, I don't care what these vets say on offense, you dominate their ass. You, you, you punish you them. You know and what's he, funny about chips he, on shoulders? He still shoulders. T- sticks with it.
2: I know he does. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You know what's crazy about chips? To this day, the person I hate the most on earth is Drew Henson. Drew Henson is the reason that fuckface Tom Brady has a chip on his shoulder. Right, good point. If Drew Henson never came along, I think Brady could have gone nice and solid in the third or fourth round. Like I'm, I, to this day, have decided I'm t- i am have—I'm like so tired of hating Belichick and Brady. I've decided I found a new guy to hate. <laughs> now I'm blaming Drew Henson. They don't give you many reasons. They're going the hate deep. He's um, like, deep. Listen, as a diehard Jets fan, I have the fact that the Jets and the Knicks are my favorite teams by far, oh. and I had to live my whole life oh, up to man. this point through Jordan and Brady is just super unfucking fucking standard, Still Ryan man. Joe Namath, it, huh? It's, Still Ryan I'm, Joe Namath. But, but, but you live in New York, buddy. You live in New York. Yeah, I do always say that. You know that's my favorite thing for Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh fans are really classless. I'm on the record when I go there. And, <laughs> and I had this really tough, old, my big rule on the road, I go to a ton of road games, is I don't say a word. I have no interest in getting kicked out. I'm definitely not looking for some bums to ruin my record of watching every Jets play. And I always just think like, I'm one comment away from bullshit, getting pulled out and missing a play. Fuck like any, like I'm not even mad to get kicked out, I just can't miss a play. <laughs> <laughs> but Steeler fans really bother me. And and finally, I just will never forget this, somebody just ran, I'm like, I looked at him, I just turned around and said, look, cool, and I'm very happy that your football team, not you, are good, <laughs> I go, but let's call it what it is, you live in a shit city, oh. and, and that's become like the best yeah. chant for me and my friends. Pittsburgh's a shit city, on the record. <laughs> I, always, I always
0: say, what do you see when you open your door? Pittsburgh, there you go. Yeah,
2: um, <laughs> I don't even wanna get into the Pittsburgh conversation, I have real feelings yeah, right, right, about right. Ben Roethlisberger. And others, so anyway, what else you yeah. got? I got so, like two more
1: minutes. Yeah, one of the other things we talk about is, uh, you know, everything should be relational and nothing should be transactional. You know, like building these authentic relationships. What do you all do to to work on that all the time to make sure that you're not trying to transact? We are trying to build these relationships.
3: Well, I think just being genuine. I mean, what are you really like? You know, I'm just trying to be myself, you know, always. I think it's hard to be something else. So it's always natural for me to just be myself. I'm always, I don't have to remind myself to be who I am. It's just, you know, either you gravitate towards me or you don't. But one thing you're going to realize is I'm going to be genuine and we either do business together or we don't. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to step out of myself just to please you. So down the road, five years later, you're not saying, oh, I thought this guy was this or that. No, I'm going to be that same guy Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to be dependable, accountable. All the things you need me to be as a business partner.
0: Right for me it started just with being of service and I thought that was it like if I could be of service to people and help them then it was a relationship but it actually took on a different mode the last few years for me it's I actually need to ask for help yeah. You know, like I'm really good and I know you and I have a competition who can do most for each other and <laughs> you guys should keep a list I think but I started saying, "You know what? I got to start asking G for help. He knows so much about and the old me would only been worried about helping you with your sports agency, helping you. Now I ask for help and that's a real right. relationship. We help each other.
2: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm not there yet. I think my greatest gift is my biggest weakness. I am unbelievably uncomfortable with giving up the leverage of the person that's given more in the relationship. And it makes me unbelievably popular, but leads to a potential place of resentment, and it has been something that I've been spending an enormous amount of time on. It is it is, uncomfortable at a level, I built, the amount of children that have come into the universe, into a family business, and have built an enormous business for their parents and left with nothing is low. I couldn't even feel the uncomfortableness of my parents, the humans that put me on the fucking earth. I needed to somehow at least settle the score that (laughs) I had to go in and give up my prime youth and work seven days a week to build this monster business and then leave with nothing and start over. That's great, but in my more mature state, I have started the conversation with myself which is, that's a control thing, uh, which is fine. But I need to be thoughtful because I think where it's leading me to is enormous popularity, with an an ungodly amount of potential in my eighties to resent everything and everyone, and I want to start chipping away at it now, because it's very it's become very clear to me that that's real.
3: How do you start that though?
2: <sighs> By just saying what I said out loud. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great start. That's a great start. First, I needed to get there fully in my head before I would ever say something like that right. to a world, let alone this room. Uh, and now practice. Yeah. You know everything's practice. Muscle, yeah. yeah. Practice. You, you know, and and feeling comfortable to letting somebody help. Um, it's just not in me. Yeah, practice is boring.
3: You gotta love God, I love necessary. the process. You gotta love it. So you love learn to love, love, practice, it.
2: Man. You love it. I love the process. I fucking love it. Me too. I, 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 like. I always think funny things. Like <laughs> it's funny we're about this up. I, st- I oh, nowadays I'm like, man. If I had a musical bone in my body, I'd be the biggest rapper in the world. Nice. Because the way I talk works. Like yeah. I'd be like, I fucking would dominate it. And literally in that weird mind place. One time I was like, oh, and I would I would sample Iverson's practice, <laughs> I would put out a song of love and practice, and I would sample Iverson, like that's the sh- random shit I think of, I fucking love practice that much that I've multiple times thought, if I was a rapper, I would sample Iverson talking about practice. Well,
0: that's how I, so, I describe you, dude, is you're the M&M of entrepreneurship, but you right? Can be a He's
2: M&M, you, be you are m and I can't wait for shit, champ, it's all, like, I, you know, that's what's so crazy, I lost that on both. I've got the thoughts, uh-huh. but I can't write for, sh- it would would have been all in the booth from the top of the dome. Says the guy yeah. with four but New York Times best bestsellers. Yeah. Yeah. Five, <laughs> five. Five, sorry. We didn't put the fifth book in there yet. <laughs> Somebody, yeah.
1: Somebody's gonna send that back to you, though, that clip of practice. It's gonna be dubbed yeah, over. You're, you're sure. gonna have your own wraps sure. on now. All right,
2: I gotta wrap up. Anything else I can sneak in for no, you? I, you, guys, I, you, just, guys, just, you guys, do you want 10 more minutes with these guys? I'll, I can do my next meeting out there, and you can, Yeah, I talk a bunch anyway. Mean, That'd be awesome. Get the hell off the show, brother. Congratulations again. You're Sorry, awesome. That. Thank you. Keep going.
0: All, right, it. Keep going. all right, the ratings just dropped by a million. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still glad to have ten minutes uh, with y'all, and we we'll, we will make sure. That Stay tuned, <laughs> still, with Scott, Dave, and Champ. <laughs> he asked, "What your best beach or moment was?" They're worried. It's
3: not one moment. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's process, right? Yeah, it's a process. I mean, it's just I just think about all the conversations. Right. I mean, it was. A collection of them, so I, mean, I think that's the
0: weirdest thing about social media. And I know he it impacts him a lot. Mm-hmm. And you guys are building on the same platform. Right. But the weirdest thing for me is just you know I'm here in New York, and a guy can come up to you and literally in tears, thank you for changing. Like you know he's like yeah. this guy came in, he's like, dude, I listen to you every day. I, I'm you're about to quit, you know, and or this happened, and you know I watched that video, and I just had to tell you, and he started crying, right? He's like, thank you so much, and I'm thinking wow how powerful is it to capture what you're doing because right that little conversation now happens again and again and again and it's such a blessing if you have that real message of authenticity like he's so authentic you're authentic it can really impact people yeah Yeah, i i i i love the
3: fact that i could give back something to people who need it you know i mean a lot of times people don't need you but when they tell you oh this really helped me i mean it's gratifying and I don't understand. Like I, I would always question guys that I played with who wouldn't teach the younger guys. And and I'm like, why would you want all that knowledge to yourself? Like these guys want to eat too. Let's teach them. It only helps the game. Plus, it'll help you because when you say things out loud, it just you learn yourself. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. You start learning. You can learn from them. I mean, don't don't make don't box yourself in, think I have everything, I'm keeping it to myself because that guy might have something for you as well. So, I mean, it, it's reciprocated a lot, and I think you just have to just keep trying to be that person that wants to teach and give back, teach, give back, and
1: things come back to you. When i said shared knowledge, right? Yeah. We were talking about before, it's like you can work on yourself, but like in a team, you can't practice no. by yourself, no, you know, and, and run the plays, no, right. No. right? You got to practice together as a team and grow together as a team. And that's really kind of what we're hoping to do through grit leadership, right? Just like bring these people together so that they can bring their team together and all learn together. Cause you can't, it's really hard to go back to the office. If you're one person that's and then right. share it with the team. If the team didn't experience it together. That's right. I mean, cool that's thing right. about
0: the three of us is we will sell out every single summit just from our posse alone. <laughs> yeah. That's you right. we got going to yeah. yeah. hey. uh, fail. some There's no seats. <laughs> I just pick the right venue size. We'll just make sure tell them, yeah, yeah, we're, we're oh, yeah, going to yeah. show up and boom. It's amazing. To <laughs> and, team. and
3: you said it right, man. It's one thing to tell me, but if I have a team with me, they all need to hear it the same right. way I heard it. Now, can I go back and say it the same way? Probably not. But it's always good to hear different voices saying the same things. I mean, one thing you know, I think a lot of dads always have trouble teaching their kids because they hear you all the time. Right. Yeah. It's like okay, you got to hear different voices. You know, people with different perspectives, but they all saying the same things. Right. It's all a third party validator, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they watch you all the time. And and it's this
1: thing where you know, what we can do through great leadership is we can have these managers and leaders that are doing the best they can. But when Champ and Dave say it on stage, they go. Oh yeah, they've made it to the top of their career, so they must know what they're talking about. Your manager's like, man, I say that same yeah, stuff to you. Yeah, something different, yeah, but, you know, but it's every day. But this is important
0: different. for dads and moms to hear, yeah. right? so why you keep telling these lessons. Yeah. Your kids are not listening to you. They will watch you, but they won't listen. But what you're doing is planting seeds. Yeah. So when you plant a seed, and someone like Champ Bailey says, teamwork's important, and your dad has been telling you you're too selfish, teamwork, teamwork, teamwork. And when Champ Bailey says it, all of a sudden that seed's been in there, Mm -hmm. it grows, right? right? So sometimes we're just the stimulus, right? The water on the seed, and that's why I think the seeds that you place in your mind Right, I talk about faith. That's what puts mm-hmm. it there. The seed, we cannot be surprised when you plant corn if you get corn. So you've got to <laughs> plant good thoughts in your head. That's right. So those are what grow. The problem is right now I see is that we're allowing people to have bad thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right? And those are seeds. Mm-hmm. And then somebody reinforces it out there and says, yeah, this is okay. We're separate. We're better. We're inferior. Whatever it is, these negative thoughts. Yeah. And it grows just like corn. And then putting faith in the wrong things, they're surprised when corn comes out when they
1: planted corn. <laughs> Right, It just blows me away <laughs> when it's the confirmation bias, right? If we're thinking these negative thoughts and then something bad happens, it's just confirming, oh, yeah, I'm not good enough yeah. or I'm weak. I'm too weak or whatever these things are. But like I learn from you all, all the time, like just, you know, planting those good seeds, putting those good positive thoughts in your brain. We can do the same thing when something good happens. Now oh, we can double down on that and triple down on that. I mean, Dave, you talk a lot about frequency and vibration. And can you just tell the listeners a little bit about like, you know, I love when you talk about, you know, nothing vibrates as fast as the truth. And yep. you can only understand that at which you vibrate or, or lower to your lesson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So exactly. Can you kind of explain that concept? And yeah, I, I've develop? kind of
0: even clarified it more to me. Here's the detachment that people have is that the, a lot of people just think, you know, if I say this, it would happen. Or if I do this, it will happen. Or if I think this, they, they think of direct manifestation, right? Yeah. If I, you know, and if I work, it, it will happen What yeah. there's a continuum that takes place. It's thinks they do believe, and that affects your genetics. It affects your DNA. What you think, say, do, and believe affects your DNA. And that DNA changes slowly. It's like a muscle, and it creates a frequency. It's a signal out there, and that signal, the higher the signal is, the more you can be aware of, and the more you can do three things. The higher your signal, or frequency, or vibration, the stronger your force is. So when I speak, more and more people hear it. When he speaks, even more, because that frequency is high. Mm. He was talking about the spectrum. He had all types of people, old, young, race, Doesn't matter to him. Religion. Everybody loves Gary because he has the wide spectrum of, of that frequency. And then finally, clarity right? The clarity of your signal. Now that's what makes you resonate. So I'll stand on stage and tell people change your life. Say thank you before you go to bed and thank you when you wake up and thousands of people will wait in line to tell me that I've changed their life and they're now going to say thank you. They have heard that a million times, Mm -hmm. but I have a different strength of my signal, a different frequency of a spectrum. And all I've done a lot of times with the power of clarity is watered the seed that their grandmother, their mother, their <laughs> friends, everybody in their life has said, days hey, thank you, you'll be better off to be thankful, be grateful, be gracious. And all those seeds, and they weren't listening, they were watching, and all of a sudden, the powerful water comes, and boom, it grows. Wow, powerful.
3: What do you think about that, champ? Yeah, I mean, amazing. I, I Just the way he articulates it, I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, because I, I think about everything my parents taught me. And then I would have coaches kind of reiterate those things, and right. now it just made sense. You know, it's like you need to hear somebody else say it. You know, right. and I, I mean, I've had coaches all my life, and that's who I would listen to the most because now I watch these Dave to be Meltzer Rachel videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we see, all are. Now, now I'm that's watching right. Dave all the time. Yeah, get and get and Gary, he's really
0: got uh, water uh, everywhere. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, you know, and it's funny, Gary—he reminds me a lot of. A lot about some of the coaches that I've had, you know, very loud, direct, <laughs> great personality, but they always saying something with substance. Like, yeah, just listen to the message. That's why I, I love what he says or how he says it, because he's rowdy about it. But if you really listen, I mean, it's something everybody can use. And I don't care about how he delivers me it. neither. I, I just want to just give me something with substance. And yeah, I'm going to keep
0: with watering you. me. Hope you enjoyed this episode of The Playbook, but more importantly, I want you to join my text community. I'm doing a lot of fun things there, one-on-one conversations, trainings, giveaways, and it's the first place I release all the information that I'm giving. So join me at my text platform, 949-298-2905. That's 949-298-2905. Join my exclusive community.